Welcome to Product-Led Growth Leaders, where we learn about the bold path of building digital products that sell themselves. Let's listen to product leaders who can give us a glimpse into the innovative thinking process. Showcasing and celebrating these awesome folks, I'm your host, UX and product design veteran, Thomas Watkins. Welcome to Product-Led Growth Leaders, and today we've got a special guest. We've got Steph Hilfer, Steph Hilfer, sorry, Steph Hilfer, and she is going to be telling us about how to lead a product with your heart, with the heart of the users, and um, unpack that for us. So, Steph, welcome to the show. Thanks for having me on. I'm so excited. I'm honored. Likewise. Thank you. So um, let's start off with um, you and your work. What are you working on? And and tell me uh, kind of how should we think about your work? Yeah. So uh, my agency is a branding agency. And what we help people do is we help people lead with their heart. So we do heart centric branding. And I know, you know, a lot of times people, I lose a lot of my audience when I say that because they're like, oh gosh, that's mushy. Who needs that mushy stuff? Um, and, and you know, not to like pick on a gender here, but I lose a lot of my guys, right? I lose a lot of my men who are like, oh God, it's all mushy stuff. She's talking about the motions. Um, you know, there's this old saying in business that there's no room for emotion in business. Right. And so while I, I think there was a lot of misconstrue on what that really means, um, what I always try to get people to think about is what is business? Business is a two way exchange between humans. You can't take the heart and emotion out of that two way exchange, no matter which way you look at it. Um, and so what we do as a branding agency is we really help people who are selling products, who are selling digital services, really tap into why work with me when you could work with anyone. You know, there are a lot of people doing what it is you do, listener, unless you are Elon Musk. I can't imagine you are making brain things that help us control our phones without our fingers. Um, there's somebody else doing what you're doing, and that's beautiful. And so what we do is make sure that people, when they have the option of shopping anywhere and everywhere and with whomever, why you? And we pull that out of your head, your heart, and your gut. We pull all of that out to make sure that people see the authentic you that makes people attracted to you. And it makes the people who don't want to work with you repelled from you. And I know it sounds scary to want to repel people, but really, if you think about the icky conversations you've had, the icky consults you've had, the bad clients you've had that you wish would never show up at your door, that's exactly why we talk about attracting versus repelling. And that's why we tap into the heart. Awesome, Steph. That's great stuff. And I, I want to take some time to actually appreciate what you're talking about by contrasting it with the alternative, right? So you and your agency, Vim, uh, uh, right? And yep. you, uh, you, you deal, you do this heart-centric approach. What's the alternative? What What is the sort of business as usual? How do we recognize mm-hmm. when folks are clearly not doing that? I love that you asked this question because I had such an icky experience that I could just give you guys. So um, I had a referral, a referral, no less, right? And I don't know if you're anything like me. I'm sure listeners are. When you get a referral, you kind of put that on a pedestal, right? Because somebody sent them to you who knows you, who likes you, who believes in you, right? So that I got a referral um, from someone really close to me. So I was really excited. And on top of that referral being a referral, um, they also came with quite the prestige, right? Quite the like laundry list of of big names and hot people that they can name drop, right? 
So um, I was really excited for this opportunity. And we get on the call and he starts talking about the product. It's really revolutionary, uh, really like almost Elon Musk-esque, right? Dare I say. Um, and I was really excited for, for the opportunity and the impact that product would have. And where he lost me was he said, I don't care. Our, he said, I just need you to make it sexy, make it look expensive and make it sell. And then after two years, I'm selling the business. And right then and there, I immediately realized what he was wanting to be done is to capitalize off of the hearts and the brains of our consumers in a way that I think is absolutely disrespectful to consumers, right? To play off of consumers' feelings and emotions, to make something look and feel and be something that maybe it is or maybe it isn't, is taking advantage of our consumers. It's it's playing, it's playing like magician or what's the better word I want, hypnotist, and getting us to believe something that may or may not be true with the intention of just, I just need this business to profit and then I'm going to sell it. Is the product great? Maybe. Is it expensive? Maybe. Is it sexy? You're going to make it look sexy. And to me, like that was such a beautiful um, example of a non-heart-centric brand. And there are brands out there, you guys, be a better consumer, be a wiser consumer. There are products out there that claim to be X, Y, and Z, claim to be sustainable, claim to be um, high-end, claim to be organic, claim to care about the planet, claim to care about people that are claiming these things and playing off of your heartstrings but aren't actually walking the talk. And so I hope that answers your, your question yeah. with an example of a true experience we, we dealt with. Yeah, and so that, that example, that really resonates with me. So, so I'm a UX practitioner, as the audience knows, and I see that in my line of work where there's a cynical approach to it, where it's like, well, we want to appear like we're mm -hmm. doing something, but we don't want to actually do it. And then you miss out on the benefits. And so- um, is there a market out there for kind of, and I, th I think there, the answer is yes, because you've named some examples like folks who say like, oh, we uh, care about the planet or we care about X, Y, and Z, but they really don't. Um, what are some of the way, what is somebody missing out on? Like for, to the cynical businessman that kind of just wants to, you know, cut costs, want to look like they're uh, a great visionary and- yeah. They just want to put lipstick on a pig. Yeah. What 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 are, what if they do kind of the cynical window dressing version of the heart centric branding? Mm -hmm. What are the missing pieces? What what actually is going to be missing doing it the cynical way? Yeah. Well, I mean, to put it bluntly, like you're missing out on an entire like revolution in business, right? Your business isn't going to be sustainable. And let me prove that with a quote. Uh, the president of uh, Columbia University, Manu Shafiq, back in 2017, she said, in the past, jobs were about muscles. Now they're about brains. And in the future, they'll be about heart. We are in the future. So if you look back in history and you think about what business was and you literally think about muscles, okay, what were we doing? We were building the railroads. We're building infrastructure, right? We're building vehicles. We are truly using our muscle in the past, right? Then the next revolution in business was what? Technology, systems, strategic, right? We start using our brains. We blend our brains with our, with our muscles, okay? And now at the touch of the button, like I've said, we can shop anywhere. It's not about 
muscles or location or brains. It's about heart. And so to the cynical businessman who doesn't believe this, who, who get, who tuned out 12 minutes ago, when I said heart centric, you are absolutely missing out on the entire revolution that been, is happening in the business world. So, I mean, I don't know how to put it any more bluntly. <laughs> yeah, no, no, that's, that's really good. And so, and, you know, more on that kind of the, the business mindset, um, if someone's coming from just a straight profit-driven standard capitalist mindset, how do you, because we all have to tie our stuff to profits. Yeah. Uh, ultimately, in order to, in order to uh, kind of get folks to sign on to the kinds of things that we're saying, whatever we're craft, if we have a part of our craft that's outside of just profit earning, yeah. what are some of the things that you highlight? for clients and businesses as to this is the capitalist edge you'll get. Yeah. I always kind of mirror and partner with this. Like, I know I'm going to lose some people. I knew I'm going to lose my mushy people. Right. So let me talk to all you numbers people. Okay. Let me talk to most of the men in the world. Not that women are numbers people. I would never say that, but Forbes did a study that really beautifully reinforces how important this is. So Forbes did a study and they found that businesses who are consistent and cohesive with their brand across all platforms, saw an increase in revenue at 24%. So if you are a million dollar company, that's $250,000 in your budget. What are you going to do with that? If you're a $10 million company, that's 2,500,000. What are you going to do with that? Right? If you're a hundred million dollar company, that's $250 million that's now in your budget. Right. And what that Forbes study was looking at is how you present yourself consistently and cohesively. And so, yeah, you can just do consistent and cohesive and not tap into the heart, but you are going to be overtaken by somebody who's equally consistent and cohesive, but also has that heart. I really love it. I mean, you know, when you look at how people relate to products, people relate to things that they love in the world, it really boils down to something human mm -hmm. uh, even, And that's, that's really at the core to almost everything that we love. And Absolutely. so, and, and so, um, you know, so from your, what kinds of businesses do you work with? Do you work with businesses across the board, like all types and just any type of industry? Yeah. You know, any industry can benefit from heart centric branding. And so, you know, there are some industries that we tend to work with a lot. Uh, professional services is one of them. If you think about, uh, there was another study done and it was, they found that 70% of consumers based their decision to go with a professional service based off of their brand. And when I say professional service, I'm thinking doctor, loyal, lawyer, financial advisor, anyone, a chiropractor, orthodontics, plastic surgeon, Ankle, sur ankle surgeon, right? Professional services, personal services. And why, why 70% are basing that off of their brand is because their brand helps them understand if they can trust them. It helps you understand what they're doing this for and why they do it. You're about to cut into me. You're about to handle my finances, right? You're about to change the shape of my jaw. You're about to touch my spine. There are things that you're going to do that are very important to me. It's not that I'm buying a water bottle from you. It's not life-threatening. Now, all of a sudden, in our professional services, it absolutely is. Trust has never been more important. And so when you look at what is trust, trust is getting to know someone. Trust is reputation. Trust is seeing their heart and seeing that consistently and believing it. And so you can never get that if you aren't showing it. 
so Steph, with the heart-centric branding, is it all outward facing from the organization out how the world views us? Or is any of it internal to internal operations uh, inside of a company? Yeah, you're, it's like, we, this is not scripted, but I swear, like, <laughs> it almost might as well you're be. like, boom, like all the right, all the right questions for the right answers. I just got done speaking in front of 250 beautiful women. And what I said to them was that 80% of your brand, truly, you need to, the precipice of your brand work needs to be 80% internal. Meaning the people who are in your team need to bleed and believe in the same things that you are outwardly and externally sharing to the world. You need them to believe and be for that as well. You know, the the last thing you need in a silly example is, you know, you're scrolling on Instagram and you see this cool thing and you're like, ooh, I want to go there, you know, and you go there and there's a phone number and you pick up the phone because this is where we're, we are real old school now. It's like 1990, we're picking up a phone, but you pick up a phone and you dial the number and, and you're all excited because this seems really like a cool product you want to be involved with. You pick up the phone and, and this is how they answer. Hello. And you're like, oh, uh, I'm sorry. I was calling because of that uh, Facebook ad. And there was this really cool like offer you have. Oh, okay. Yeah. How can I help you? Right. It's like, and I'm not just talking poor customer service here. I'm talking energetically, right? When you walk into a door, the front person you often see in a brick and mortar business is your front desk, right? And if you have spent all of this time, money, investment, heart, like, all of you pouring into this thing that you want people to feel a certain way from, yet your front line and everyone inside isn't exuding that same thing too, then your external is going to not feel that. It's not cohesive and consistent. They're not going to necessarily believe that it's for them, right? And you will not have, you will have turnover like crazy. You know, for, I think it's getting better, but for the last three years, three, you know, couple, three years, how many of us have heard that there's a labor crisis, that no one's staying in jobs? It's because you're hiring your people wrong. You're hiring your people because, you know, they can do something or you need a body instead of hiring them because they believe what you believe. So I, I could go on and on about that, but internally yeah, no. it's absolutely important. Now, in that example that you gave, it's funny because it reminded me of AI is it's kind of like the robotic hello and then uh -huh. kind of a lack of understanding context and relevance. What um what are do you see any overlap between um heart-centric branding and the rise of AI, the trendiness of um attached stapling the word AI to everything that you do? Yeah. Is 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 there any overlap or and and what what do you see? in the near future as, as, you know, some of the developments that might affect. Uh, yeah. You know, I kind of, I don't want to say coined the term, but I started using the term when it hit me, when AI started coming out, I was like, you know, we talk about automation and it really needs to be human automation, right? It really needs to be, how do we create an automatic experience that feels and is human? Right. So a lot of the times we're utilizing automation and AI to replace us instead of using automation and AI to help fuel us and to help duplicate us and to help really immerse us into other people, but at, you know, a higher frequency or a more efficient way. 
right? Um, and so there's one thing, how we utilize it. It's the same thing when it comes to, you know, the modernization of, of transportation. Okay. So it used to take us, you know, a week to get from one city to the other city, right? Then all of a sudden with the, with cars, now we can get there in like a day or an hour or something, right? And then all of a sudden, now let's just say we're 100 years from now or 50 years from now or whatever we believe is going to be true, and we're flying cars. What happens is instead of like saying, ooh, now I can get there in a millisecond, I have all this free time, I should like meditate or I should, you know, go to a walk with my dog. What do we do? We fill it. We fill it with more, 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 more. And so when it comes to this like automation and heart centric, right? It's about how do you utilize these advances that we have not to just do more, 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 but how do we do more depth? How do we get in front of people that impacts, that gets that impact out there and that serves us with our mission better? Um, instead of, like I said, more, 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 more efficiency, more people, more leads. It's how do we just go deeper with it? I don't know if that answered your question, but oh, that, that, that's, that totally answers it. And, and um, so getting toward the end of, of the interview, I want to know how does what you do, because you're in the marketing side of things, sort of the marketing, would you call it marketing? You know, branding and marketing are different things. We probably won't get into that. But and and I know, I know you have a thing, you have a whole thing with that. And I, I do want to hear about I that. I could go there. Yeah. Okay. Uh, well, 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 I was going to go with the product management and because product management overlaps with marketing in the sense that you're dealing with a marketplace but mm -hmm. um but uh product answer either question you, you want i suppose um product management and overlapping with what you do or or kind of uh, where you were about to go with clarifying um marketing and advertising yeah i mean i just i think it's branding just it's on my mission list to get people to see that branding and marketing are not the same so i'm going to go in that route um, okay. We can, we can, I'll come back on. We can talk more. I know <laughs> yeah. we're, we're short on time, it. but branding and marketing are two different things. They play well in the sandbox together, but they are two different things. And this is the visual I like to leave people with is that your brand, imagine it living in a warehouse, right? Your brand is on all these pick shelves, what we believe in, what we stand for, what we sell, our colors, our fonts, our logos, our imagery, right? Our core values. Everything is in this warehouse ready to be picked on a shelf. Okay. And then just like those little Amazon vehicles going to load up their truck before they go deliver it to the houses, your social media vehicle, your email marketing vehicle, your website, your uh, print marketing, the podcasting you're doing, all of those vehicles, where do they need to go first before they can deliver anything? They got to go load up at the warehouse. And so if you are sending out your marketing vehicles before you've stocked your warehouse, what are they delivering to your people? Whatever happens to be on your mind that day, whatever colors Canva put out in the new template, whatever trend is happening on TikTok, whatever offer you think people want or you just all of a sudden came up with, right? The, the warehouse needs to be stocked and plentiful first. And then what happens is those vehicles, each, each different vehicle are coming and they're delivering that message. And now everywhere you are, there's cohesion. There's consistency, there's heart, and it's out there. And you are working harder if you don't do it that way. Because in the past, they said it took five to seven impressions to convert a lead to a sale. Now they're saying it's more like 25 to 27, 22 to 27. And that's because we're being served impressions all day long. 
So if you are working against yourself and all your vehicles are out there doing different things and not coming back to this warehouse of consistency and cohesion, what are you doing? You are recreating the wheel and those impressions are going to take you five times, 13 times as long to build up. So that's the visual I like to leave people. Um, Branding and marketing, they play very well in the sandbox together. But if if the chicken became, came before the egg or whatever way we want to look at it, branding comes first, then market. That's, that's my, but I'm a branding agency, a little biased here. (laughs) (laughs) Steph, an absolute pleasure having you on. Tell us where folks can find out more about you, more about Vim and everything that you, that you do. Yeah. If you're trying to get a hold of Vim, um, go to getvim.com. And so Vim is with two eyes and that's for visual intentional integrated marketing. So getvim.com. Um, also, I am on Instagram and Facebook at GetVim. Um, I'm the most human and present and still actively available on Instagram. So if you like this energy, if there's something here and you're like, I need a little more stuff in my life, at GetVim on Instagram is where you're going to see probably more than you really want to see. But that's that's where I am um, living these days as a human running a business. Awesome. Thanks. Uh, thanks for being here. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you for tuning in. Join us next time on Product-Led Growth Leaders. Take care.